The following talk was given by Robert Rakusan Ricci at Zen Mountain Monastery. Rakusan is a senior monastic in the Mountains and Rivers Order and the maintenance supervisor at the monastery. We offer our talks free of charge. If you would like to make a donation or find out more about our various programs, visit us online at cmm.org. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone sitting here and human bodies, and all of you who come to us miraculously. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Rakusan. I'm a senior monastic here. Today, I'd like to talk about what Buddhism calls the three messengers, old age, sickness, and death. The tradition says they are divine messengers, or deva-dutta, which were originally sent to awaken Prince Siddhartha to his preordained mission. Over the course of a human lifetime, they present to all of us, but often we're not listening. So you know the story. The pampered Prince Siddhartha got a rude awakening at the age of 29 when he left the confines of his luxurious palace for the first time to go out and explore the world, his city. He came across a sick person, a decrepit old man, and a corpse. And he realized that he too was destined to become sick, to grow old, and to die. But fortunately for us, and the whole human race, he didn't just shrug his shoulders and say, oh well, that's what it is. I'll just go on living and enjoy what I can until I die. He didn't do that. He determined to devote his life discovering an end to suffering for himself and for all human beings. These messengers are not news to most students or to anybody, really. They, they are the simple facts of, um, what, of life as we make our way here um, on planet Earth. But we can benefit from a close study of them. Old age, sickness, and death are not the most popular of subjects. We often divert our attention from them because they are causes of great sorrow for um, human beings. By bringing them up, the Buddha didn't intend to be depressing. He just wanted to get to what was real. Like the Buddha, I think we've all come here into this hall of practice today because we want to realize what is true, what is real, to see into and through old age, sickness, and death. Wouldn't that be good? What could that possibly mean? What, if anything, can we see through to? Is there anything else? 
Over the course of this life, we will all experience the haunting call of each of these messengers. We might hear them calling sooner or later, but we can't avoid their summons. When we are young and healthy and full of ourselves and oblivious, we might ignore these inconvenient truths. After all, we have the illusion that we have a whole life before us to live and immerse ourselves in. Ah, la dolce vita, the sweet life. To the extent, to the extent possible, if we are privileged, well-heeled, free, and healthy human beings, we often rush enthusiastically forward, anticipating a life rich and full of pleasure and luxury. This is the dream that our culture has conditioned us to. Even if we don't have all these privileges, we do seem to attach to whatever modicum of pleasure uh, we can find and avoid anything at all that's distasteful. This is our human habit and our lives in samsara. But eventually, we must confront the simple truths of suffering and our mortality and hopefully discover an effective medicine. Roshi encouraged us to find that medicine yesterday or this morning. can't remember. The Buddha often um, spoke of sickness and medicine in regard to the uh, noble truths. He says, know the sickness, suffering. Abandon the cause of sickness, desire. Aspire to the cure, cessation, eliminating all craving and attachment. And finally, rely upon the medical treatment, the Eightfold Path. It's a simple formula, but it can be difficult. I have recently been quite sick. I um, was flat for weeks. I couldn't get up. I was weak, 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 uh, dizzy, had headaches, body aches. Uh, I'd never been that sick before. But thankfully, I am much recovered. And at my age, I have um, a much more sort of immediate sense of my final demise. I have seen people die. For me, the messengers have been fairly persistent. Although, like many of us, my habit has been, at least so far, to blithely persevere in the naive assertion of what feels like my eternal youth and physical powers. I haven't been stopped yet. Well, except for that time a few weeks ago when I got so sick. I was stopped for a while. 
when I got the Lyme disease. It might be good if I did stop, if I did cease my ongoing rush into the future and all of my busy becoming, becoming Rakusan, becoming whatever's next, then I might have the space and time to see what old age, sickness, and death are really about. As a matter of practice, we have been taught to look closely at these questions. Old age, sickness, and death, they kind of creep up on you. You're full of your life, and then a birthday comes. Like maybe... 21, or 30, or 40, or 50, or 60, or 70. And you realize it's passing, and passing fast. You catch your breath. And things start to happen, like arthritis, or diabetes, or some strange cancer. And then things keep on happening, like chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. The hearing goes south. Bifocals. You can't remember your own phone number or pull a t-shirt over your head. Hip joints wear out, and you can't climb up the hill to your A-frame anymore. Sooner or later, the 10,000 ailments begin to assert themselves. And the beautiful body you may have had throughout your youth begins to fall apart. Oh, dear. In the Anuguttara Nikaya, the Buddha says, He makes it explicit. He says, there are three divine messengers, O monks. What three? Have you never seen in the world a man, a woman, at 80, 90, or 100 years, aged, as crooked as a roof bracket, doubled up, supported by a walking stick, tottering, frail, youth gone, teeth broken, gray-haired, scanty-haired, bald, wrinkled, with limbs all blotchy, And did it never occur to you, an intelligent and mature person? I, too, am subject to aging. I am not exempt from aging, sickness, and death. Then he says, Though warned by the divine messengers, full many are the negligent, full many are the negligent, and people may sorrow sorrow long indeed, once gone down into the lower world. That would be this world, samsara, or some other hellish realm. But we cannot escape from old age, sickness and death, until we know what they are. We must look closely. Leonard Cohen has a song that asks some spooky questions. 
He says, and who by fire, who by water, who in the sunshine, who in the nighttime, who by high ordeal, who by common trial, who in your merry, merry month of May, who by very slow decay, and who, shall I say, is calling, and who in her lonely slip, who by barbiturate, who in these realms of love, who by something blunt, who by avalanche, who by powder, who for his greed, who for his hunger, and who, shall I say, is calling, and who by brave ascent, who by accident, who in solitude, who in this mirror, who by his lady's command, who by his own hand, who in mortal chains, who in power, and who, shall I say, is calling. Do you see yourself here somewhere? Or somebody you know? Or knew? Cohen wants us to know who is calling. It's not your mother. It is the inexorable reality of your imminent death. The grim reaper has come to call. What forces are compelling us forward into oblivion? Why? What is this? He asks, who shall I say is calling? Or as the Buddha has shown, are we not, through our own negligent, calling it upon ourselves? We are negligent because we look away because we are distracted by the 10,000 entertainments of life. We choose to disregard the warnings of the divine messengers. Fortunately for us, the Buddha had more to say. He says, but when by the divine messengers, good people here in this life are warned, when they do not dwell in ignorance, but practice well the noble dharma, they look upon clinging with fear, for it produces birth and death, and by not clinging, they are freed in the destruction of birth and death. They dwell in bliss, for they are safe and reach nirvana here and now. They are beyond all fear and hate. They have escaped all suffering. As difficult and unpleasant as it is, once we actually turn and confront the reality of old age, sickness, and death, and see them starkly, 
like those monks who go to the charnel grounds to study corpses. We have a chance to realize the true nature of birth and death. The teachings tell us that rather than being born and dying, our true nature is that of no birth and no death. We chant the Heart Sutra every day. It says, in emptiness there is no old age and death, and no end to old age and death. What does this mean? Is it some kind of Zen paradox? Or are we invited to realize no birth and no death as we are born and live and die in the midst of this cycle of birth and death, and perhaps as bodhisattvas who choose to return repeatedly to save human beings in this world where there is no end to old age and death. What are you if you aren't born and don't die? Who are you? Who or what gets old? Who or what gets sick? But we can't just duck the question by saying, oh, uh, it's not really me dying. It's just my body getting old and sick and dying. Really? Doesn't it hurt? Who's throwing up then? Who's burning with fever? Who's gasping for breath? Who's weak and delirious? I felt some of this when I was sick, but I had no doubt it was me. These are the core questions. This is what we must study. What is my true nature, my true self? This is what a study of life and death drives us toward. Dogen famously says, to study the Buddha way is to study the self. So, we study the self. That's what we are doing here, now. But we are taught, no, look as long and as hard as we can. Look in the mind, in the brain, in the belly, the lungs, the heart, the hara. But we will find no self in this body and no self anywhere else. So who dies? If we really look with a complete effort, using all of our power and strength, and search and search in our meditation everywhere, exhaustively, and finally come to the undeniable conclusion that the self is nowhere to be found, then we must acknowledge its non-existence and liberate ourselves from the deluded notion of it having any basis in reality. So who dies already? I remember Pema Kondro, she was here some time ago and offered a workshop on the bardo. And she 
um, she said to us in a kind of offhand way that really struck me. She said, oh yeah, we die, but we die hundreds and thousands of times. It's not unusual. Dogen says, to study the self is to forget the self. Wow, this is big. If we really do forget the idea of the self, that self we couldn't find, the thing, the appearance we used to experience as living and dying, then we start to accord with the true nature of things. The teachings say we start to realize that our true nature is that of no birth and no death. We don't have to die. Well, the body will. Everybody we know will. Planet Earth will. All conditioned things will. But our enlightened true nature is alive and well forever. We just have to realize it. Dogen then goes on to say, but uh, I have to stop. I have to stop. I'm, I'm feeling quite out of my depth here, trying to parse these profound teachings of Master Dogen. But I do feel like I want to quote them, to offer them, to repeat them, and share them with anyone who wants to listen as often as I can, because I feel their power and beauty and have some incomplete sense of their value, even if I don't fully comprehend all of the subtleties that I'm sure swim through them. But maybe you will. So I'll boldly go on to quote the rest. Dogen says, to forget the self is to be actualized by myriad things. When actualized by myriad things, your body and mind, as well as the bodies and minds of others, drop away. No trace of enlightenment remains. And this no trace continues endlessly. This man truly is a genius. Can you feel it? He says, this no trace continues endlessly. Have you ever felt this no trace moving through you? Have you ever continued endlessly? I think all of us have had a glimpse or two. We've fallen in love. We've seen the Milky Way on a clear, clear night from the top of a desert mountain. We've gotten really, really lost. 
We almost died once or twice. Was that you who composed or heard or danced to some exquisite music? Snow whispering at midnight? Or painted or sculpted or seen late afternoon light fading on a bunch of grapes in a bowl? Was it you who got soaked in the rain? You who ate an onion? Did you feel that large ocean ocean wave lift you up, all suds and salt, and carry you on and on and on, lifetimes, with the gulls crying above, the fish zooming below, until you were brought tumbling, exhausted, to your knees on the foaming sands, laughing, Even if we sometimes feel alone or like a stranger in a strange land, we cannot deny we are here now in this beautiful great hall together, resting in deep stillness with Dogen's No Trace, while the softest of breezes brushes across our necks. The leaves and the trees murmur. The crows argue from branch to branch. And the sound of the big bell calls us to give voice to our bodhisattva vows. Thank you for listening. To find out more about ZMM's programs, retreats and residency, please visit us online at zmm.org.